0: What I'm looking to do with Johannes' help is we're trying to come up with a bit of a background system for the second season of our CSI Middleland slash CSI Greater London campaign, and we're looking at adapting the, the sort of downtime system for scum and villainy for that. <laughs> In essence, to my understanding, and obviously you've got more experience of GMing it cause I'm just playing in a game, mm-hmm. your game at the minute. Uh, in essence, I understand that there's a series of organizations, yep. uh, factions, that exist in this setting, mm-hmm. uh, each of which have their own goals, and they use a, a mechanic from the sort of Blades in the Dark, forged in dark mm-hmm. games called the Progress Clock to like track how near they are to... To achieving their goal, the progress clock has a number of segments. I forget how many it is by default.
1: Uh, there's, I think, there's probably not a default set out at all right. in the book. But if there were, I would say maybe six or eight. Yeah. But it varies between like what the goal is. For example, the prison that we dealt with in the the last uh, session of our game, I think their clock is smaller because it's it's a repeating one. They don't, they don't have like grand plans. They just want more prisoners. Yeah, uh, which is that's more achievable than, let's say, some of the other stuff that we <laughs> the, the yeah. bigger factions are working on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: But, uh, but from what I understand, and as I, I was just saying to you, honest, before we started recording, obviously because I'm enjoying finding out stuff in the game as my character's finding it out, although I've got the Scum and Villainy book, I've sort of avoided reading any of the background stuff. I've tried just to like read the rules stuff mm-hmm. because... Although I'm confident in my ability to like portray a character who knows less than I know, I still find it more interesting to find it out at the same time my character's finding it. Yeah, it's, it's it, fun to it be surprised. It's fun, yeah, exactly. It yep. keeps things fresh. Right. So, and when you work it out, like you work something out in character, or obviously you work it out of character, but when your character works something out, if you've genuinely worked something out, and you're like, oh shit, this faction's like. This is what they've been after all along. Mm-hmm. It's more entertaining than if you're like, oh yeah, my character just worked it out, but
1: actually like, I read it in the book, so I've known it since mm-hmm. the start of the game. So, uh, it, so you don't have to feel bad about going, uh, in character, going, wait a minute, guys, yeah. is blank doing blank? That's it.
0: I mean, <laughs> because you already know. <laughs> and I mean, just to, to do a smaller side, it's one of the reasons why you're running us like Tatters of the King at the minute in Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. yeah. which obviously based on The King in Yellow. Now, it's one of the reasons, when we first started, obviously I've read The King in Yellow, I've read a lot of mythos stories, but I've not read the adventure. So Mm -hmm. when we first started, I was a bit sort of like, oh, you know, am I going to know a lot of the stuff that's going to happen? So I was quite relieved that when we saw the sort of the the play version at the start, Mm -hmm. it then sort of diverged from that, because I was like, oh yeah, okay, I know the play, I know what that's Mm -hmm. about. But then the investigation goes off on a different track. So I was like, oh, great. I, I don't know all of this. I don't have to try yeah. and forget what I already know.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's uh, like, I, I'm very pleased about that as well. So, so it sort of takes you head on. It's like, okay, so you know the play bit. Here it is. <laughs> and uh, you get all of that out in the very first bit of the game, and then you move on to other stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the, the, the reason I want to adapt this is because. In our sort of first season, using a sort of T V model of our mm-hmm. of our CSI Midlands game, we had the 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 player characters were travelling around all over the place. They were outside <laughs> London, they mm. went to Emerald, they're in the Dolman wood. We ended with them coming back to London. And I know certainly you, Johannes, and myself and I think probably a couple of the other players had a desire to like draw it back to like London yeah. and make it more sort of London centric, which was mm-hmm. the original idea of the game, but As these things sometimes go, we sort of meandered away from that a bit. So, like starting like a new season, like we've got a couple of like new characters, still obviously the same players, but a couple of a couple of people want to retire their characters. We've had like a five year sort of time jump um, between the games, so we had Colin who retired his character Big Mick because he'd become like a dairy baron. In like, Dolman Wood, he like inherited a dairy because he got Milk married out Milk Daddy. There. Yeah, and he, was, and he was like, oh, I could go back and be some like, scrot trying to like, scrape a living on the streets of London. Or I could just retire here where I've got a family and I'm going to be like, the big man of the village.
1: Yeah, he's got it. He's all set. Like, yeah, exactly. He, he, he won like, the game. <laughs> yeah, he,
0: he was like, I, I don't see why I'd abandon all this good stuff to go back and become an adventurer. And Colin was like, oh, I think that's a good end for my character so tired in retired him there. Then Ian, who was playing um, Lieutenant Uffington because of the five-year time gap and some stuff going on in his character's background, he was like, right, I'm going to retire that character for a bit and just try something a bit different because we, we decided to move the, the game over to using ICRPG instead of Castles and Crusades. Again, just to change it up, try something a little bit different. He was like, oh, do well, you know what? I, I want to try something different. I'm going to throw myself into making a new character with this and we'll see where we go. Absolutely grand. But we've we've got some new players. We've got We've got a new season it's going to be london centric but one of the problems i've often had when i've played in and when i've run big sort of urban settings is obviously uh-huh. we know like an actual city it's not like just this big static thing yeah. so you, you can go into a town a city one day and have an entirely different experience to if you go in the next day everything's not sort of unchanging and the same but I think that's quite difficult to represent in a in a role playing game. Because especially like a big city like Greater London, which is like a huge city as far as fantasy cities go. Obviously just being realistic, and I think when you're running a game you have to be realistic, it's not possible to sit down and like plot out what all these different people and different like shops and organisations are doing in the city. That that'd just be ridiculous. You could spend all of the prep time in the world if you had infinite prep time doing that and you you would have you would spend so much time prepping it you would have no time to actually run the game
1: yeah yeah it's the economy of sort of like where you spend your effort because you could have the baker's schedule all laid out but is that going to be because it's if that's the plot then that's exactly what you should be doing but if that's not the plot
0: yeah, <laughs> I agree. Cause obviously, you, you you want to focus whatever prep you're doing on what's relevant to like the adventure that's going on at the minute because that's the exciting bit. Yeah. But by the same token, you you want to have enough of a feeling that stuff's going on in the background of your setting. So it so when you go when you go to deal with an organisation, it doesn't just feel they've sort of like been on pause or they've been in like suspended animation until the player characters walk in and then they're suddenly like, ah, oh, hello, we are yeah, the Herald
1: yeah, it's, it springs into life only when observed by uh, player characters. <laughs>
0: yeah, and th- there's, there's, there's lots of like dead simple tricks for like, representing this on a smaller scale. And that might be something like, I don't know, let's say the players go back to a tavern they've not been to for like months and months and months. You might just mm. be like, oh, the um, instead of the barman you met previously the last couple of times you went in, or maybe his son's behind the bar and he's like, oh yeah, my dad's not very well at the minute. Mm-hmm. And just something simple like that, like a little change, can make it seem like, oh, well, time's passed, because obviously stuff was happening to them while we weren't here. And it's, yep. it's a dead simple trick to do, but when you sort of scale it up to like a mm-hmm. whole city, it becomes a bit ridiculous trying to keep track of all those little things.
1: Yeah, and I think what we're about to talk about, the simplest version of that is well, it's, it's quite old, and it's quite like baked into running games, and it's just taking notes, really. Because that—that's what it is. You, your characters go around. They do stuff. They meet people that were important at the time, yeah. and you will have noted down, hopefully, like at least, even maybe in your head, maybe on a paper, maybe in a Google Doc. But note down things, and then when the moment is good for it, you return to those elements and you in- reincorporate them. But what we are about to dive into is basically generating content and sort of life into a city without PC influence? Yeah
0: there. And um, the 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 reason that this I mean also been thinking about this for a bit as we've sort of been talking about the second season. And as you know Johannes I've been looking at various different sort of downtime systems in different games and different ways that I think I could possibly use them. And I found a few where there's bits I like, but a lot of them have been quite sort of complicated and quite involved. And just sort of on a logistic scale, obviously, well, you know, with the amount of games that we're like running and playing in at the minute, I, I've sort of looked at them and I'm like, yeah, but am I really going to keep using this system or is it going to be something mm-hmm. after a few seconds I'm going to be like, no, there's too much trouble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if that's going to be the case, I, I may as well not start using it rather than sort of use it and abandon it later. But um, one of the things that struck me recently is with your Scum and Villainy game that you're running for, us. I've been very much enjoying... Um, as I said, I've been trying to avoid reading the background, but um, we had a session, last session, not long ago actually, where the a, a, a faction, a sort of group of like interstellar raiders effectively, sort of like rough nuts and mercenaries and thieves, uh, attacked a a secure prison that we were in the process of like breaking someone out of. And it, it seemed very much the way you portrayed it, that that had happened because the, the organisation of Raiders had been setting up that attack for some time, mm-hmm. probably to break out people who were in that maximum security prison, because I imagine a lot of their people are in there. Yeah, And we just sort of got caught in the middle of it. But it didn't feel like, to me, that that had happened only because we were there. It felt like mm-hmm. maybe even if we hadn't have accepted that mission, and we'd have gone on to something else the raiders would still have attacked that maximum security prison and maybe we'd have just heard about it but we wouldn't have sort of been there so that got me into looking to the looking at the scum and villainy rules and from what I understand each of these factions that exist in the game they have like a goal or an aim that they're trying to perform at the minute and they Mm -hmm. have a they have this progress clock that when it's filled up they have achieved their aim yeah. And from my understanding, what you do is every sort of downtime or every couple of downtimes, you make a roll, and depending on what roll you get, that progress clock slowly ticks up. And when yep. it gets to full, the gym can be said, like, right, now's the time that the, the raiders are launching their attack on the prison. Now's mm-hmm. the time that the night speakers are doing whatever the night speakers are doing. Yeah, I, I really like that idea because it seems very simple because all you've got to do is have these clocks the aims of the different people written down and so sort of roughly know what they're about
1: yeah and yeah just- basically the, the like the important bit is the goal like to have yeah. like the, the basically and that everything else is either leading up to that or derived from it because if you have raiders you sort of know what they're about just by the name right so you figure out what raidery business they want to yeah. get up to and then uh, you define that, and then you're good to go, and then you just push the barrel down the hill and <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, wait for it to blow up. I, I, I sort of, I, I tried doing a bit of that in the, f- like the very start of the first season of the Midlands game, where we had like the um, the sewer shifters guild and like the rivermen's guild, yeah. We were sort of in a bit of a conflict because like the rivermen's guild were like, oh yeah, because. Uh, because this uh plagues going around and like the the sewer shifters haven't been able to like keep the sewers as clean as they should do, or maybe we can like muscle in and take over and we'll be like in charge of everything to do with the rivers. But I didn't really feel like I played that off well enough. Partly because I, the 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 player characters went and did like, other stuff and it wasn't yeah. really relevant. But also partly because I was like, all right, well, how do I sort of keep this ticking along in the background? because uh-huh. obviously if you guys had been like right okay yeah we're going to launch an attack on the uh, the riverman's guild or we're going to do this and we're going to do that and you've been directly involved easy it's an adventure happy days uh-huh. but I-, I didn't find a satisfactory which which my fault i didn't really find a satisfactory way of sort of keep t- t- ticking that along in the background so there wasn't really like a resolution or like a, a payoff I-, I felt and i thought i was a bit of a shame so i thought it could have been like a really interesting story yeah. and, I- and i might carry it forward I don't know, but for me, I thought that could have been a nice little thing that happened in the background, but it didn't really get going. It sort of fizzled out and just sort of faded away in the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I really like the idea of, like say, having these progress clocks, and sort of like, p- picking some of the organisations out of the, um, the, the Great London book, and there is like a huge list of like, organisations and guilds at the back of the of this book all of which could easily be factions. And from, from what I understand, all I need to do is effectively take those as factions, So sort of give like, I don't know, maybe one or two line description of them,
1: uh-huh.
0: give them a goal, and then give them one of these progress clocks. And because it's a background sort of mechanic, I don't uh-huh. really need to alter the mechanic at all. I yeah. can just pretty much take that whole cloth, because it's just going to be me rolling yeah. a few dice and going, oh, their clock's ticked up a little
1: bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's literally just the management for generating stuff that you don't want to declare, basically. Yeah. That's, that's the purpose of the thing. The PCs don't ever directly interact with it, but you're free to do that, obviously. So if we take the Riverman and the um, Sewer Guild, so they're at odds, right? And we have friends in the Sewer Guild, and we work with them, we do a thing. That's really impactful. It furthers their whatever sewer aims they have, and the uh, Men's Guild suffers as a result. Uh, you might, when the downtime hits, or the rather the period uh, until the next game is, uh, you take a look at your uh, sort of list of table of factions and yeah. you say, "Yeah, they did. They, they did kind of throw throw in uh, uh, with the sewer guild. So maybe we'll take that one up just." as a result of like yeah they they have these very important and resourceful individuals helping them and also we're just gonna like maybe even erase the clock entirely for the rivermen because they they got screwed in that last yeah. session
0: i mean I, I presume that as well like the raiders like if they like achieve their
1: aim you pick mm-hmm. another aim for them and they get another, yeah. proce- another yeah. progress another clock, which which should be hopefully by the time that happens you have a good enough idea. And you might, uh, just from the start anyway, but hopefully as the game goes on, you will have a good enough idea where to go next, like when the thing happens. Yeah. Um, so the thing that helps with that in Scum and Villainy is each of the factions has this sort of, I would say like a paragraph long, Uh, if you let's say like maybe 10 10 15 at max uh sentences of stuff for each faction yeah including the important like a handful of important people in the faction what sort of resources the faction has which could just be like illicit goods a big ship and that's it and then a, a couple of sentences of description of like what they're doing right now, and then the clock itself. So for the raiders, uh, there's um, there's the clock that they had, which is like go and get some of their captains out from the prison. Yeah,
0: I don't, don't mind what you're talking about this. I'm looking at yeah. the, the bit for Draxel's raiders yeah. offset. I already know that yeah, yeah. list. Of, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> attack the prison because I was there. Yeah, because <laughs> you literally saw that happen. Yeah, because we narrowly escaped from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so so they have the clock right there, and then they have a bit to sort of like give flavor to the faction because like raiders are raiders, right? But these are specific raiders, and they are very much influenced by the fact that they are led by this individual called Draxler, and Draxler has big dreams. That's how I read the uh, faction entry for the raiders. Like Draxler, Draxler wants to like make an impact on the sector. And apparently, the way that that starts is he's going to get some of his captains back from the brig, and then they're going to start rolling. They want they want to get into the big circles. Yeah,
0: I, I quite like as well because I'm I'm looking at Draxler's raiders, and where it's got like the NPCs, it's got like a few of like the little like, almost tags next yeah. to them. So it's yeah. so, so like a brief to So we've got like Draxler, she's so got leader, killer, and vengeful. So mm-hmm. instantly, like there's three <laughs> character traits.
1: Yeah. No, that, you, that. yeah, you go there. And every one of them gets that. They get sort of like what position or like what's their main thing and then a couple of descriptors on top. Yeah.
0: So one of the other things, so I, I quite like that idea because I'm a big, obviously we, we all have to sort of be realistic. Everyone has times when you, get, I don't know we've done it, when you get to a session and you're like, I've been busy all day. Yeah, uh, my prep has not occurred. Like
1: <laughs> the past week has been like crawling through glass and I'm not John McClane. <laughs> That's
0: it, yeah. And uh, so I I'm a big fan of anything that allows you to to generate content as you were saying mm-hmm. for, yep. for the game. And I think the bizarrely just through like chance and fortune, the idea of scum and villainy where you you take on missions like f- for various mm-hmm. factions or you go out and look for a bounty or stuff like that sort of syncs very nicely with what we've talked about doing for the second season of the Midlands game because you yeah. guys have sort of set yourselves up as like these like occult detectives mm-hmm. so you'll be presumably taking on jobs for your Yeah for requests but, and, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah jobs and I know that we've had um, we've had roles in the the Villainy game where like we did a job for the night speakers we then got a role at the end of the session and he said, oh, the night speakers of one of the factions have approached you with another job, you can turn it down, but then they'll be a bit like... Mm, a bit yeah, busy. we thought
1: you were cool, but yeah, I guess but not.
0: Or, or you can do it and you can get yourself more in with that faction. So I like the idea of potentially having that... Obviously, the, the jobs themselves would have to be different because it's a fantasy setting as opposed to a space opera. Mm-hmm. But I, I like that idea of if you get in with a particular faction... And they need something doing to further their goals, they might be like, oh, well, th- 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 these guys did that job for us and it uh-huh. worked out all right. So yeah. uh, they, they, they might then, you can then generate that content by saying, like, oh, yeah, I've made a few roles. The the, the sewer guild, could you help them out? They've approached uh-huh. you, they've got this problem. Could you help them out with it? And that would generate a mission.
1: Yep.
0: So I quite like the idea of doing that. Uh, I'm not entirely up on the rules on what's involved with the how the factions approach you, so I don't know whether you can give me any a like, more yeah.
1: details on that. So that all ties into what's called entanglements in Forged in the Dark games, which is a roll that you roll after you're done with the the play bit of the well, because it's it's all rather more structural than. In some other games, because you your play consists of free play, which is yeah, you just do you just roll roll along and do what your yeah. thing, and then you have the mission, and uh, then after the mission is done, you have the payoff. You get paid hopefully if you did, <laughs> didn't yeah, screw up. You do a good job, yeah. yeah, yeah, you get paid. Um, you also accrue heat, which is the sort of how many waves did you generate? Like who took notice? Like people notice when you go into. Um, I don't know, like saloons, and you start shooting everyone but the piano player?
0: No, just to check, because I, yeah. I, I like the, the heat rating. I know that if you get too much heat in like mm-hmm. the sector in Scum and Villainy, as we've just done, mm-hmm. you, you get like a wanted <laughs> rating in that sector. Yeah. And I, I quite like the idea of potentially using that, but for the different districts of the city yeah. rather than different systems. Now, the wanted. Not the one. Sorry, the, the heat rating. Mm-hmm. Is that. Is that specific to factions, or is it like just more of a general sort of? Yeah. Like, this is how much attention you've attracted.
1: It's it's the latter, so it is very generalized. Like people take note, and of course, when people do, eventually the authorities will as well. And I think the most like the if you are as wanted as you could be, so like on the red list of the space uh, Interpol, if you roll six on that chart. Because uh, it's a D6 roll, uh, there's going to be like an Imperial Star Destroyer <laughs> warping in with the express purpose of hauling your asses in. Which mm-hmm. is the like that's where you that's where you end up if you are as wanted as you could be and uh, you roll really high. But uh, on the way there, you will have it's just other stuff as well. Like we've had the. Uh, what's it called? Cooperation, I think the result was called, where if you are really in with some of the factions, like, pick one of those which have, like, a good status with you, like, are friends with you, uh, they are going to approach and they offer you a job. Uh, And there's... uh, Bounty Hunters might come after you, Uh, you might not even be, like, a sort of conscious person acting on things, you might just be... uh, your spaceship is invaded by, uh, like, weird space ghosts. Uh, it, it, it doesn't have to be even just about, like, oh, uh, people saw you kill people, so they do a thing. It might just be a random uh, occurrence. Yeah. Or your ship might break down, like we had in our uh, game as well. So it's it has all kinds of results with the sort of culmination that if things get really bad, that's when... The highest authorities in the land will come and like put you down because you're <laughs> you're in bad news.
0: Yeah, so I like, I like it's not
1: the... tied to the factions directly, but it brings in the factions. Yeah,
0: i I like the idea of like, that because the way the the way the different districts in the in the Great London book are portrayed is obviously we they have the Peakers, which are like the, the police slash city guard, mm-hmm. but they're very much portrayed as like each sort of district's force of Peakers is like separate to the next district they have their own like heraldry they go mm-hmm. they follow their own sort of watch commanders but sort of above that is like i suppose like the equivalent of like the fbi or whatever who are like mm-hmm. the overall sort of like queen scotland yard yeah, so it's, it's like the queen's guard <laughs> sort of like you know, yeah yeah if, if you've like really messed up and like the peakers aren't doing their job they're the ones who come in so i think that could be sort of yeah like, slid into that nicely if you get too far up it's like the queen's and like i said like the fbi sort of like equivalent take a direct interest in you
1: yeah the um eventually there's going to be like knights coming down to to your door (laughs) like the queen says you're coming with us so pack your bags i guess or you get you get bagged uh because that's that's a thing as well uh with our fantasy milieu uh they might just send people with black bags after us and yeah (laughs) snatch us off the street let's get that beef vendetta starling Mm mm-hmm yeah well yeah so So definitely what i would suggest on that uh is we um i think the way that heat accumulates translates pretty well to like just straight like whole cloth from scum and villainy basically it's a rating that you determine zero is if no one heard a peep yeah no one took note that's it um i think two heat is sort of like standard exposure so yeah it it wasn't fully contained someone knows about stuff someone saw something and then it just escalates four six eight uh in increasing degrees of like disaster basically and then uh on top of that like if i would say maybe like if people unconnected to the crime like if they were harmed in some way that's gonna add on top of that
0: yeah I, i quite like i quite like the idea as well which which I hope to put in from School and Villainy is like you know, you have that sort of discussion bit at the end of the session where you sort of work out some of the downtimey bits uh-huh. and the, there's a like you've been sort of quite open with like why the heat's been what it yeah. has been for the job. So you'll be like, Oh yeah, okay, uh, yeah, this this was contained standard explosion, so two heat, or it was a high profile target, so you get plus one, or you uh-huh. maybe got a few things that can minus it or whatever, and then we get that amount of heat. That that's something I'd like to do. In mm-hmm. the, in the Greater London game, like just have those few minutes at the end of the session where we can say, yeah. "Oh yeah, you did, you did this job for the Sewer shifter skill, but like you shot a nobleman and like killed him during the thing, so you get more heat as a result of that."
1: Yeah, and you burned that riverman barge, so <laughs> exactly.
0: yeah. So one of the things I did want to ask is, obviously we've got the heat and the entanglements. Um, how does it work in terms of so let's. That's let's, let's on using that example. Huh. So, if you went on a mission for the for the Sewer Shifters Guild, and let like say you set fire to like a Riverman barge, obviously that's not going to endear you to like the Riverman's. No.
1: Guild.
0: Do, does the system sort of have any way to like represent how annoyed they are with you, or like how the relationship <laughs> degrades?
1: Yeah, that's the status. Um, so, status is how much. Each faction likes you in *Forces in the Dark* games, and it ranges from uh, plus three to minus three, with uh, zero being eh, like there's no nothing there of note. But then, in increasing degrees in either direction, uh, they either really like you or they detest you. And uh, plus one, plus two, minus one, minus two is kind of in the the range of if you see each other in the street street if it's plus two you might shake hands you might like exchange some info uh they they enjoy your company or if it's minus two they might yell obscenities at you and maybe even pelt you with refuse or something like that but it doesn't really like they will they don't like you at all and they will not help you in any way but when you go to plus three that's when you're like they think of you as allies. So if the sewer guild is uh, plus three status with yeah. us, uh, we would probably be like, if they get into a war with the Rivermans guild, they would probably give us a call, like, hey, like we're we're really tight. Uh, we need your help now, because you know because of our history, like yeah. we're we're basically blood. blood. So yeah, but,
0: you're like strong allies.
1: Yeah, like yeah, they they consider you to be people that they will risk a lot for and they assume that you feel that way as well and that's when they bring you the missions and if you don't do them then they will go like, ah i thought we were better friends than this but yeah and then if you go to minus three then it's all out war uh they will actively take action against you uh, at yeah. risk to themselves so So Um, so
0: again, that sounds like a great thing. I'd love to import with these different factions to mm -hmm. track how in or out the PCs are with them. Is do the so again if you've like if you've done something that like fucks off the a particular Mm -hmm. faction, does the does the game scum of the Lady, does that represent that mechanically, or does the GM just go like, oh, you've annoyed this faction, right? I'm gonna Knock down the relationship,
1: <laughs> yeah. There's, I think you could definitely do that, but there's also, um, in Scum Villainy because it's a Forged in the Dark game derived from Blaze in the Dark. Yeah. There's a resolution mechanism whereby you earn or are affected by consequences, and consequences is also the way through which you can bring that sort of thing in. So uh, I've been using it mostly for like things in the moment, like reinforcements arrive or like yeah. something like that. Or um, you end up, I don't know, like you're hanging from uh, the lip uh, with one arm. So like whatever you do, it's going to be really desperate or whatever. And uh, also to uh, hit you guys with more heat, like we did last time a couple of times, because yeah. um, you were in a place where there was a lot of eyes on you and they didn't really <laughs> like what they saw. So uh, I've been giving you more heat. We haven't really gone into the uh, bit where I give you minus status as a consequence for one of your roles. But that's the way that Scum and Villain specifically does okay. it. But I think we could definitely make that a thing like, folded into some of the, I don't know, like maybe the after action thing for yeah, middle answer.
0: I, I, I was wondering if there's a way when we we're doing this sort of downtime slash wrap up bit at mm-hmm. the end of a session, if there was a way to potentially if if you've interacted in either like a negative or perhaps a positive way with a faction mm-hmm. of having some sort of role or some sort of uh, some sort of way of Because obviously like even if you Unless you're like it's a ridiculous thing you do, like you say like setting fire to a barge as it's like sailing through like mm-hmm. London. If, if it's just like, I don't know, maybe maybe you've lipped off to someone in like the sewer the shifters guild or whatever, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily always going to mean like right minus one to your relationship with that faction just so you've like mm-hmm. flipped off like one guy.
1: Yeah, because the one person isn't the guild.
0: That's right. it, exactly. But it would be nice if you if there was if we could do sort of some sort of role where depending on how much you've annoyed that faction uh-huh. determines like what role is required on the dice to see that relationship alter. Yeah.
1: So with because we're going with ICRPG, yes, going forward, I think maybe we just figure out a set of difficulty like on oh our D twenty roll. Yeah. Just to keep it within the ICRPG bit. Maybe we just figure out. Sort of DCs for if you did, if you um piss them off a little bit, uh, roll above X to like not have the status degrade, or if you piss them off like significantly, you did something really bad, uh, then I don't know, like 18. And Mm. with the uh, I would say maybe like give it a 50-50, like, if you acted against them, like, give it a 50-50 on a d20. Or maybe you want to do, like, a charisma thing, like, whatever you, like, if we want to get, like, with the character stats I, as well. I,
0: I don't I don't know, to be honest, whether I would have the stats alter it, because I, I can see the yeah. benefits of that. Yeah. Obviously, if you're in a situation where you're, like, you're talking to someone, and you've got someone with high charisma, being like, oh, guys, it was all just a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. they, they could potentially calm it down. But I can also see the the argument for, well, it's not based on what you've said. Yeah. But it's based on what you've done. So no matter how convincing you are, if you've torched the headquarters down, mm-hmm. like that has still happened. So you're not going to be able to say, oh, guys, I'm really sorry about this. No hard feelings.
1: <laughs> yeah. So maybe like, if you piss them off a little bit, up to moderate, maybe just D20, low, status goes down high, status remains. Yeah. And then maybe, depending on how you feel about it, like, do you want to be do you want it to be easy for the status to degrade? If the actions are egregious, uh, then...
0: Yeah, I mean, if obviously like, if, if it's just like a minor thing, I want it to be fairly unlikely the uh-huh. The, the status is going to degrade because i don't want to like do like two or three sessions You're just saying, like oh shit all the guilds in like great london haters and they're all sending uh-huh. like, they're all sending like <laughs> mercenaries after us or whatever <laughs> but but by the same token if the player characters just like stroll into london and they're just like smashing guilds left right and center and like flipping off these organizations uh-huh. I, I want there to be some consequence so i want it to be proportional to the actions that have been taking place so if you do something majorly, like, I don't know, you uh, you foil, like, a guild's goals or something like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I-, I would want the, the status to degrade. But, like I say, if it's just, like, one person who's, like, a bit annoyed at you, I, I wouldn't want it to go down with that. So I, I quite like your idea of, like,
1: scaling the-, mm-hmm.
0: the difficulty.
1: Depending on how many steps on the scale you want, uh, maybe do a three-step thing of, like, mild... Medium hot, if <laughs> we're thinking like sauce, <laughs> how spicy you want it to get in <laughs> London. <laughs> so uh, if you start at like, uh, we're, st- we're starting at hot, right? So yeah. give it a 75% chance. So anything but the top five on the D20, you uh, uh, status goes down and mild. well, the medium, sorry. Uh, 50-50 and then 25 for the mild. So if you just encountered someone and you, I don't know, things went wrong with this representative of the guild, but we still feel like it could be a thing, then maybe we roll on the the, uh, d20. And if we roll really low, then yeah, that person apparently has the ear. Of the guild uh in a in a manner that we did not predict <laughs>
0: yeah exactly because i'd like to say obviously that like nine times out of ten if you've just annoyed one guy in the guild mm-hmm. that's probably not going to impact your standing with them like you say that i do want there to be like that small chance whereas as you say like perhaps, perhaps yeah. that perhaps that guy's just like a just like a sewer worker he's just like cleaning the sewers but like you say perhaps he's like Perhaps he's drinking buddies with like the guild master or something yeah. like that. Or, or, or it was of, the. Of what you been gets back to like the heads yeah. of the
1: guild. Yeah. Turns out the uh, young rascal that you got all up in their business with, they were uh, sort of, I don't know what's called in English, but it, maybe it's the adolescent child of like one of the guild leaders, like. In yeah. like a work experience thing, then yeah. <laughs> you you really went hard on them, and they go back home like, "Oh man, that was really
0: terrible." That's it. It's, it's, I... it's like it's like the nephew of the guild master. and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're well just to, you know to start you training in like the ways of the guild. I'm gonna put you in charge of this. It's like fairly safe. It's not too important. You just go and deal with it. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> then when they just come back, this. they're covered in soot, and they're like, "How did your day go?" And they're like, "Oh, these guys just turned up and like blew up the barge you told me to look after."
1: Yeah. I was just swiping the dick and suddenly everything was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. So if that has legs, I think it's fairly easy for us to implement just like at the, like the end bit, uh, we talk about things and we probably very quickly determine like, did we piss anyone off? Yeah. The answer is probably very apparent and then we just roll the d20 and have it done with it
0: and that's where we're going to finish off for this episode my thanks go to johannes Pavla, who kindly agreed to sit with me and chat about this subject i'm going to put the second half of our very productive discussion in another episode and that'll be coming out in a week or so hope you've enjoyed listening if you want to get in touch with us you can leave us a voicemail message using the speak website there's a link in the show description or you can send us an email, the address is rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. We really do enjoy getting the voicemails and the feedback, it's very much appreciated. So until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming.
1: We'll see you soon.